Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode. Mrs. Lucarelli told me that you were fighting with some kids at school. Is that why they didn't want to come to your party today? Johnny made all the kids boycott my party. Don't you even begin to think you can tell me how to parent. Listen, Ice Queen, I'm being civil because of our kids, but our feud is very much still in effect. It's my revenge list. You've got a revenge list? Who are you, Arya Stark? Is that the girl from Game of Thrones? The Struggle is Real podcast starts in three, two, one. Goodness, does it feel good to be back. Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. My name is Omar Ramos, and of course... Veronica Avila. Hi, Vero. Hi, how are you, Omar? Super duper. <laughs> I like well, the fact that you're always smiling. Well, I try to smile. It's not, it's not easy every day, right? But we try. Why your not? Your freckles it's... and your smile, it just combines. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I like your smile as well. And also Dr. Alicia Laos, who's always with us, our resident expert. Let's welcome Dr. Alicia. How are you, doctor? Smiling as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we have a beautiful topic. And I say beautiful because I think this topic will speak not only to our heart, but it will also also, if we let it, can also have a positive impact on our life. And that topic is called finding forgiveness. Exactly. For many, it's easier said than done. And to talk about it today, we welcome our resident expert, Dr. Alicia Laos, clinical psychologist, founder of CEO Family Bridges and co-author of The Struggle is Real. Welcome, Dr. Alicia. Very much looking forward to today's podcast. Yes, and on the line, we also have our special guest. I'm talking about Reverend Santos Castillo, who we also know as Father Sonny. He's a tri-pastor of St. Teresa, St. Martin, and St. Rose Catholic Churches in Kankakee. Please welcome Father Sonny. It's good to be with you all. Having a beautiful day today. Yes, we are. A little chilly, but we're having a good day. Now, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw the icebreaker out there. Did you ever hold a grudge growing up? Did you manage to forgive? How did that make you feel at the end of the day? And I'm going to go ahead and ask Dr. Alicia first. I do remember one of my first jobs that I had feeling pretty disgruntled when I got a 25 cent raise and I just felt it was a... Mm. Mm-hmm. It was an insult, and I just remember harboring so much anger, and I was really, really upset because it was one of those jobs that I felt that I was working a ton. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, I ended up, I was in school at the time, and I thought I'm spending too much of my effort. I ended up quitting, ultimately, and moving forward with my education. And sure enough, I remember that they hired like three people or something to replace me because mm. that's how much work I was taking. So it just kind of was a, but I do remember feeling pretty upset at the supervisor at the time when she did that. It was one of those things that kind of irked me. Yes. Yeah. Were you able to forgive her? I think I moved on. I'm not sure that I <laughs> Well, you know what? But you just mentioned something that's important. You just moved on. And many times I think, yeah. and this was just a job, but I think many times we may hold a grudge and we feel like we just, oh, I'm going to move along. But then we hold it in. And then it keeps building, 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 Mm -hmm. building, building, building until you explode. And then what happens then? That can be very interesting and detrimental. And hopefully we can learn to to deal with it Mm -hmm. and to move along, but with a clean heart. Exactly. Clean slate. Yeah. How about yourself, Veronica? Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. You thought I you were going to get away yeah, from yeah, the question. Yeah. I think I probably, as a kid, yes, probably yes. Uh, one thing that comes to mind, my family loved to travel, I guess, when I was a kid. We lived here, and then we moved to Mexico, and then we came back. 
I forgot the English language. So mm-hmm. the little bit I knew, I, I forgot. When I was here, when I came back to school, kids would make fun of us, of mm-hmm. my sister and I, because we didn't, as much as I love to talk, I wouldn't talk at mm-hmm. all because they would make fun of us because we didn't speak the language. So mm-hmm. I guess I was a little resentful with some of the kids because they were mean. But I never said anything. I kind of moved it along. As a kid, later on, you're like, okay, you, you learn to let it go. But there are other things that were a little harder. Family matters. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, I won't go into detail, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in particular uh, with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me years mm-hmm. to be able to forgive. And that was not healthy. Hopefully, mm-hmm. from now on, I can teach my kids and I can learn ways today to teach my kids not to do that because it's it's hurtful for yourself. Of course. Yeah. You, Omar? Well, we were just talking about this the other day in, in one of our uh, fascinating podcasts mm-hmm. that we do. It was the whole bully thing. Yeah. I don't know what happened in my life between sixth grade and high school. You know, you grow up with these kids your whole life. They become family. And then all of a sudden they just turn their back on you, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it got to a point where I wasn't invited to parties. I, I wasn't invited to the dances. Mm-hmm. And, and it was these people that I saw every day, every school year. I remember just thinking, when is graduation from high school going to come around? I just wanted out already because I hated them. Mm-hmm. And I hated myself because I was not liked by them. And my life changed a lot when I left off to college. And I thank God for that. And then even more so when I was in college, I would still kind of retrace those feelings. Like, why were these people so evil to me? I was such mm. a shy kind and respectful kid. I remember the girls always telling me, you're so kind and you're so respectful. But the guys were always the ones that were bullies on me. So it took a while, many years for me to kind of confront some of those people and just say, Mm -hmm. you know what, you're toxic. Maybe you didn't know any better because you were young and and no experience in life, but you could have really have hampered my decisions in my life. But I told them, like you said, doctor, it was already past me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not necessarily, maybe I haven't forgiven because sometimes when I do touch that subject, it does really start like burning a hole in my chest. Mm-hmm. But um, um, yeah, I, I guess that would be the thing that I would touch right now as far as holding grudges towards people that, that just, I mean, que les costaba, you know, they could have been nice, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They decided not to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many people. Everybody can breathe now. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Father, I, I, you I have, have a feeling that every single person in the world has to deal with some level of these grudges that we keep in our heart and some memory of bad treatment from other people, whether we were young or we were old, in the context of our families mm-hmm. or in the community at large, in the school, or sometimes even thought from strangers. Mm-hmm. It is part of the human experience. There is brokenness in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those brokenness can be directed to persons. Some, I have, I've found in my work as a minister, dealing with people of different types and different personalities, you know, even in the most seemingly safe environment like a church or a, or a school, the most fundamental level, there are people out there that by, by virtue of their own personal pain, it is easy to fall in a situation where you're wondering why people are so mean to you and then you don't know how to process it. And the first reaction that you have is just anger or retaliation or maybe even vengeance like we hear in the literature today. 
I have found that the best way to deal with these situations is always to give yourself time to be able to process the experience. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just going to go by your instinct, you can have some really serious trouble in front of you if you're just going to go with, oh, they're tooth for a tooth, you know, they punch me, I punch you back, they say mean thing to me, I say mean things back to you. I think there is a point when you really just have to know, you know, the kind of person that you are mm-hmm. and choose the peace. That's an important piece in, in this whole situation is who are you and what would you rather be? So I think forgiveness comes in that area of choosing. It's an act of will when you want to forgive someone because you just want to be the good person that you want to be, regardless of whether the other person is not being so nice to you. Hopefully we're all going to learn some tips on how to do that. So we're going to go ahead and present our first skit for you. This is called Sauce Base. Shut up, scraps. Shut up. Up, Scraps! Hey, hey, Mickey. Why are you yelling at the dog like that? Because he's a crappy dog. Mickey, Scraps is a dog. He eats and he sleeps. There's not much else to be expected. Now, where are all your friends? I thought they were supposed to come over for your party tonight. Shut up, Scraps! Hello? Yes? What's going on? I see. I... I see. I'll talk to Mickey. Mickey, that was Mrs. Lucarelli. Do you want to tell me what happened at school today? Nothing happened at school. Mrs. Lucarelli told me that you were fighting with some kids at school. Is that why they didn't want to come to your party today? Johnny made all the kids boycott my party. Johnny, the boy with the cowlick in the front of his hair? Yeah, that stupid cowlick. Okay. Why did he make all the kids boycott your party? They said that I'm mean. What made them say that? Stupid stuff. Mickey. Because one time I was eating spaghetti you packed me for lunch, and I got a bunch of sauce on my face, and they called me Sauce Face. And so I said to Johnny, at least my parents aren't divorced. Mickey, that was cruel. He was making fun of me. Shut up, Scraps! Listen, honey, you're angry, but you don't need to take that out on Scraps. Johnny made me feel bad, and I was defending myself. Mickey, an eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind. Whatever. I don't need any friends. Yes, you do. Now you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Clean my room. You are going to call Johnny and apologize to him. No! Okay, I'll dial. Hi, Sheila. I'm sure you heard about what happened at school today. I'm sorry all that went down. Mickey can be sensitive about certain things. Yeah, thanks for understanding. I actually have Mickey here, and he'd like to apologize to Johnny. Here, Mickey, take the phone. No. How would you like to be treated? Hi, Johnny. I'm sorry I got so mad today. My mom says sometimes I have a short fuse. That wasn't cool. I understand if you don't want to come to my party, but I can bring you a gift bag tomorrow at school to make up for it. Two gift bags. Two gift bags. I'm really sorry. Hey, Mom, can we go and pick Johnny up? Okay, so we're back. We just heard 13-year-old Mickey unleashing his anger on his poor dog. Apparently, he gets into a fight at school, and as a result, 
no one came to his party. When mom talks to him about it, she finds that the fight game after he was called Sauce Face, which offended Mickey, so he automatically went into defense and revenge mode and bashed the other kid with a uh, worse offense, bringing up the divorce of his parents. Now, Dr. Alicia, this obviously escalated very quickly. What could possibly be going through his mind at 13 years of age? Well, rejection. You know, when you're rejected and you feel a sense of anger and you're upset and you're hurt and you're disappointed. And 13, you you want other kids to like you and um, you're very aware of others. You know, having them not show up and do that, that's all boiling underneath. Mm-hmm. And when we don't process that or get through that, it really just spills us over and we talk about how it creates monsters out of us we become walking monsters when when stuff happens and we're just so angry and Mm -hmm. we've got all these feelings that are brooding underneath and and boiling wow and at 13 Mm -hmm. luckily the mom caught it and she was Mm -hmm. i thought she handled it very graciously she was very well very nice she explained to him and Mm -hmm. then had him call johnny back and apologize many kids don't do that or don't get to do that because we're not alert or, mm-hmm. or what have you. Mm-hmm. Father Sonny, how can we teach our kids to assess an offense, handle it wisely, and forgive before it gets ugly? A lot of the times, I mean, especially in this situation, I want to I wanna just highlight the way father handled the situation. I think a lot of the parenting skills that are needed, especially in critical situations like that, make a difference in uh, teaching our children about how to process situations when they feel rejected or when they feel that they have been uh, offended by someone. Mm-hmm. The way it was handled by the mother was absolutely on point because I think that it taught Mickey to be able to have a different option on how to handle the situation instead of just retaliating and being mean back. So I think a lot of these things pertain to communicating properly to the, to the children. With a situation that the kid is already handling, being a family divorce, or they already are very fragile. And so the mother being able to talk to the kid the way that she did, I think, was key to be able to handle the situation properly. A lot of the situations that I deal with as servant in the community, for example, related to topics like this, usually boils down to being open to communicate. Because I think generally people want to be in relationship. People generally want to be in good friendships with other people and have a healthy relationship. But these situations that cause people to feel that they're, they're an enemy or they feel violated, usually it's because of that, because of the lack of communication mm-hmm. or the lack of openness about the other. To allow that to happen usually is a, a good way to start with the children, to teach them how to communicate properly. Very well. But when it happened to Mickey, Dr. Alicia, mom took action. How important is this that parents take action fast versus letting it slide or kind of, you know, just kind of curbing it for a while? Mm -hmm. So is it, I mean, what takes should parents, how can they handle this better? In other words... Yeah, it's really easy for children, adults, to build a baggage of stuff that we walk around with. You know, mm-hmm. have you seen those kids with book bags and they're like about to fold over because the book bag is bigger <laughs> than them and weightier oh, yeah. than them? <laughs> That's really the picture of what carrying the baggage of stuff that happened to you does. It's like these heavy books that are just being burned under, and but they're emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. And so when we let it slide, what we're doing is packing up our book bags, mm-hmm. our emotional book bags of our kids. And I think as parents, our job is to help our kids unpack those so that they're not so burdened by life. You know, your light is loader. Your load is 
lighter in, in, in life when you're not carrying all this stuff that happens to you. And what happens is that the situation itself has its own impression at the moment. You feel negative about it and you're kind of all boiled about whatever the circumstance may be. In this case, it was the bullying and it's the sauce face that's very hurtful and damaging. But then as time goes by, that experience when it's not processed through and we don't let go gets bigger and bigger in your head. Mm -hmm. It gains more power. Your the imagination starts taking root and it starts building into something, you know, elements of it start even oh. being created in your brain and sometimes even reality gets distorted mm -hmm. because even what you've perceived to be true and what happens starts getting in there. Yeah. And so it just grows oh. in power. Mm -hmm. It just starts building. The next time, you know, you see sauce, tomato sauce or <laughs> spaghetti, now you don't even want to eat tomato sauce and spaghetti. So those events <laughs> and experiences start impacting other experiences and then start restricting your world. So I think as a parent, it's pretty important for us and, to get in there and deal with it. And I, that is true also on the reverse. Um, it is true that those baggages can become, mm -hmm. can grow and become, you know, be, affect every single reaction mm -hmm. with even with stuff like spaghetti sauce. The reverse is also equally true. When we start to develop this, I, I usually refer to forgiveness as a lifestyle. Even before something happens, if you are disposed to be forgiving and to have a wider understanding of the other people, be more compassionate, when you grow up in a situation where you see that in your family, you see that people tend to just be a little bit more kinder to other people or more forgiving. It becomes a lifestyle. It doesn't have to become a baggage in you anymore. You could easily make fun of the situation and not make a big deal out of mm -hmm. a situation. When you have grown to live like that, to be like that, it's a sense of attitude. In the scriptures, we usually say 70 times 7, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> to forgive and to, to, to be able to be attending of a situation. 70 times 7 means, doesn't only mean like 70 offenses of the same type has been done over and over again. It could also mean before something even happens, you already equipped yourself with a proper disposition so that you don't get affected by those situations necessarily. And sometimes like those memories, when we remember the spaghetti, you know, that's another time to be able to forgive. You say again, oh, I'm, I forgive that moment. Oh, I heal that moment. I choose to have peace within me and forgive instead of let it percolate in my brain until it affects my, my life. I think there's something about that cycle that can be broken by a proactive creation of an environment of forgiveness in the family and in the society at large. Beautiful. I'm going to share a couple of quick facts that we found in an article on psychology today. Forgiveness makes you happy and healthier. Now, many studies have shown that people who forgive are happier and healthier than those who do not. Check this out. Holding on to grudges can harm your health by acting as a chronic stressor. Huh. Getting clinical here. Ruminating about mm -hmm. the harm that's been caused can raise your <laughs> blood pressure mm -hmm. and put a strain on your heart. Huh. Over the long term, this can make you more vulnerable to disease and take attention away from maintaining your health and happiness in the present. So it can also affect us wow. physically at the end of the day, doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of research. And you could believe it. Your blood mm -hmm. pressure goes up. You start getting all sick about the circumstance. But what Father Sonny said is right on. The reverse is true. The power of forgiveness frees you. And so now instead of looking at the circumstance with revenge, you're looking at it perhaps with a sense of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Now perhaps you're looking at it with a sense of, it's funny, you know. So for the journey of forgiveness can turn the negative feeling to something redemptive. Love it. Well, we're going to go ahead and listen to our next skit. This is called Welcome to Our Feud. What gifts these children are. Oh, every day I think so. Papa, 
Mrs. Angeloni. Mom, Mr. Handy. Did you see how big that leaf pile we made was? Yeah, yeah. And then when Sal jumped in and the leaves went boom. It was like a huge explosion. A leaf explosion. Can you run to my house and grab a rake to make even bigger leaf piles? <laughs> I think you'll be fine just using your hands, boys. Just ten more minutes, boys. Eric, you have your piano lesson at three. Aw, but we were having so much fun. Ten more minutes, boys. Listen to Mrs. Angeloni. You know you don't have to be so cold. Don't you even begin to think you can tell me how to parent. Listen, Ice Queen, I'm being civil because of our kids, but our feud is very much still in effect. My thoughts exactly. I'll never forgive you. And I'll never forgive you. (laughs) 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 Look how high you jump! Oh my gosh. They are such good friends. Almost like how we were once friends. Once? Yes, of course. That ship has sailed. I let Richard know about this little play date of our children, and he crushed the can of soda he was drinking. <laughs> Richard sure does love his soda. <laughs> He's drinking two cans a day. That must make you furious. Is Tammy okay with how much you work on your car? Things you learn to live with. Well, at least we're not the Beauregards. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> hey, could you help me carry these leaves? You're the stupid one. Hiring an unprofessional tree cutter. I had to hire my brother. You know we have a tough relationship. I was just trying to do him a solid, but... Well, a tree branch fell on my car. I told you we were cutting that day. Why didn't you move your car? How was I supposed to remember? Well, it cost our families a friendship. Saved us from sub-rate people. Well, our sons are friends. So I guess this is just how it's going to be. Fine. Fine. Eric, come on, it's time to go. But I thought we had five more minutes. Yeah, you said ten minutes like three minutes ago. Let's give them five more minutes? I was thinking the same thing. Go ahead, boys. Tag! Tag! (laughs) No, you're it! They really do seem to have fun. Your kid makes a great leaf pile. Same as yours. How about... We have pasta night with everybody again? We're free all week except Tuesday. Wednesday it is. <laughs> wow, okay, so we're back and a <laughs> and a parent family feud. Yeah, I know, right? Lots of drama today. And a parent family feud over a tree is what Angelica or Angelica and Tony have, yet their kids are friends and they get along super well. This seems like something that could have been resolved a long time ago, but it didn't unfortunately. Dr. Alicia, what steps can people take? to come to a fair agreement so it doesn't tarnish a lifelong relationship with friends and even with family. The style of the skit is like the soap operas, you know, the does mm-hmm. the world turns and dams of our lives <laughs> and you know, it's got this tone. And I think because of it, it's kind of making a little bit poking fun, but it really is show I think what it brings to bear is how sometimes because of these frivolous things we harbor as family mm-hmm. members resentment. I've I've clinically seen people not talk to each other for twenty years over stuff like this, you know, the tree. And you know, when you get mm-hmm. down to it, you're like, really? You know, and and then that tree led to the this and that and the other and you know, they're really digging in the past for all these insults. Yeah. 
And so I think it just highlights how sad it is when we hold on to grudge and we make decisions to hold on to the vengeance for those things that we feel are unfair at the cost of the relationship, at the cost of family. And I've seen it with such damaging consequences for Mm -hmm. children, for so many people involved. And I just think that this kit highlights how ridiculous at the end of it is. Get over the tree, you know? Yes! (laughs) Well, it sounds funny. It's not really funny when you're a part of a family where, yeah, at the end of the day, you're like, well, our parents don't speak, but I'm not really sure why. Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something happened like 20 years ago, but I'm not really sure. And when you dig into it, it's so confusing and nobody even knows and it's something like a tree, you know, and you're going, yes. really? But the, the tree grew in size, I guess. Exactly. It became this, you know. And all because they didn't have a chat. They didn't find it and let uh, go. themselves to resolve you know, and, and let lo- go. And make the choice to forgive for whatever it might be. Yes. Yeah. Now, Father Sonny, parents are supposed to set an example. Yeah. And we saw the parents here try to do that, or at least try to do that, but it was it was totally fake. Once the kids weren't around, they went back at it. And then later on, at the end of the skit, we saw them, hopefully they'll come together for dinner to resolve the situation. But what can you say to parents about this type of behavior and resentment and what it'll do to their kids and then why is it so hard to forgive well okay first of all the parents have to realize that the children are watching us Mm -hmm. that the children are seeing what we're doing we don't know sometimes that the kids are so smart that whatever we're doing they're actually learning from it they're actually repeating almost mirroring for us who we are and so if we have this kind of an attitude, it's very possible that the children will also end up being the same way. I have found that family, and I'm, I might be even talking about my own family here, <laughs> when we talk to the volume number 10, you realize that the kids are also talking volume number 10. But when parents are able to process the disagreements and, and talk calmly over the most seemingly difficult disagreements, you realize that the children are actually going to be the same. It most, most likely they'll pick up, oh, their feathers don't have to be ruffled over, you know, whether the tissue paper should go on the top or on the bottom or whether the fork should be beside the knife or the or the spoon. You know, sometimes little things like that you know, can lead to like what we call the, the traditional war of the roses, you know, the, the husband and wife getting annoyed at each other and then the children seeing the annoyance. The parents need to be very aware that children are watching and the children are picking up these cues from them. The sense of responsibility, I think, is a big thing, you know, for them to know. The classic Hatfield-McCoy feud from classic America, for example, we, we know that the feud was caused by land and stuff like that, but then they really realize at the end that some of these things that they fight over really don't matter too much. And I think in the head of a parent, especially when we are dealing with stuff like this, we really have to choose our battles. We really have to choose mm-hmm. to know whether it is worth fighting, whether we're going to have chicken or hot dog for dinner. It's okay to have have some difference, but to be able to say the difference in a nice way and to be able to resolve an issue in a calm manner, I think goes a long way for the children. Why is it so hard to forgive? It's, I think it's a lot of it's human nature. It is the pride. Sometimes we, we are hurt about by something and it's easier to cry foul. It's easier to play victim <laughs> for the most part because we'll get, we're getting the sympathy, we're getting the attention. But I think a lot of it boils down to the pride. When we don't forget, a lot of it is because there is a certain disposition or inability to look at our own well-being. I've seen people that wallow in this 
unforgiveness for the rest of their lives and they they're not able to get out of it because they're not seeing that it's affecting them to the very core that all the other relationships that they had that they have already suffering because of this unforgiveness our ability to look beyond ourselves but when we look at the bigger picture and see that there's a better option out there there's a better way of living which is to live in peace in harmony to be at peace with yourself to be healthy those kinds of things sometimes we don't think about it I'm so caught in the heart of the unforgiveness a lot of it too is about the will when your will is weak it is hard to forgive but when your will is strong and your will is to desire the good of the other even though that other may have hurt you it is easier to forgive there's no one formula and in developing a healthy will and a, a desire for forgiveness and a desire for peace But I think it begins a lot with talking to other people about it. It begins with sharing your own experience and having people give you perspective about it. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that insightful information with us, uh, Father Sonny. We're going to move over to our next skit. This is our last skit, by the way. This is called Revenge List. Forget you, Marissa Macknall. And forget you, Debbie Summers. By the time I'm done with you, you'll be Debbie Winters. Um, what is it? Oh, hey. Just wanted to say goodnight. Oh, goodnight, Mom. Awful lot of commotion coming out of here. Oh, I'm I'm just practicing Spanish. I didn't know that mwahaha was Spanish. <laughs> so, um, what's going on in that uh, notebook, Sally? Just some stuff I'm working on. Oh, what kind of stuff? Mwahaha stuff? It's... It's my revenge list. You've got a revenge list? Who are you, Arya Stark? Is that the girl from Game of Thrones? Yes. You'll find out when you're older. Is this about those girls you're feuding with at school? How do you know about that? I mean, I was just guessing, but now I know. (sighs) I hate when you do that. (laughs) Well, now, what's going on? What'd they do to you? Well, I liked Bobby Rocco. He was the cutest boy in school. He looks like a Harry Styles. And he liked me, I could tell. He always asked to borrow a pencil for me. Me! Not Marissa McNall. But now they're dating and I'm going to cut off her ponytail. Whoa, 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 whoa now. Don't go cutting off anybody's ponytail. But it's just there, begging to be cut. Well, did Marissa know that you liked Bobby? It was obvious. He'd ask for a puzzle. So cute. And I'd always speak twice. So cute! I was throwing myself at him. You think Bobby knew you liked him? I don't know. He's a stupid boy. Boys don't know anything about girls. At your age, they don't. And I hope they don't. What? Uh, and um, and what about the, the rest of the list? Are they all dating Bobby Racco? No, they're all the girls that were telling Marissa she looked cute with Bobby. Oh, now listen, these things happen. I mean, if you go cutting the ponytail off of everybody that you had a little boy competition with, I'd have to build stables out back. (laughs) What? Stables for the ponytails. Anyway, I I just... It's easy to react with quick anger when something like this happens. It comes at you sharp, and you end up acting sharp. I get it. You're my daughter. Yeah, I thought you'd love revenge. I mean, revenge is better in subtler ways than cutting off ponytails. What do you mean? I mean, I'd fake a note from Marissa to Bobby or something. I mean, they'll never trace it back to you. 
hey, hey, that's a great idea. Oh, crap. No, no, no. That is not the right move. All right. Look, you don't want to be creating more trouble, okay? It's better to be a person that creates harmony. You know, good times. <laughs> I think I like the note idea. Well, I like the idea of you forgiving these girls. Being a bigger person, having the character to be happy for someone else's happiness, not Arya Stark and everyone. Sorry, Game of Thrones reference again. Can't she be sad because of my sadness? Uh, yeah, it's called empathy. If she doesn't have it, then she's not worth your time. And Bobby Rocco doesn't know what he's missing. <sighs> he doesn't. Better to be generous than greedy. You'll sleep better. Okay, I understand. Now, do I need to go hiding all the scissors in the house? There's scissors at school, Mom. <laughs> but you don't have to worry about anything. Atta girl. Now get some shut-eye. If you keep up the good work, I'll let you watch a Game of Thrones episode tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, we have a uh, official... Mara sighting, the <laughs> mom that somehow always knows what's going on. This time, she caught her teenage daughter, Sally, in the middle of writing her revenge list. All over Bobby Rocco. Yeah, lots of drama. But in the midst of it, Mara <laughs> listened, kept her cool, and convinced her daughter to be the better person and forgive Marisa or Marissa and her friends. What can parents take away from this mom-daughter relationship and the way Mara taught her daughter to forgive, Dr. Alicia? Uh, the accountability, mm. you know, just holding your kids accountable and, and teaching them. I think one of our jobs as a parent is to be teachers. Automatically, they're going to be revengeful and upset and mad, and that's human nature, and that's just what's going to automatically mm -hmm. come. And then our job as parents is to coach them, mm -hmm. hold them accountable to our values, teach them, you know, why it's important to forgive. They might not necessarily know it. It's not like we grow up with an agenda in our DNA that tells us forgiveness is the way to go. Actually, mm -hmm. we probably grow up with the agenda of, you know, let me go at it. Let me go at yes. it. And then, you know, poke the other one in the eye the same way that they poked me. And so we need to correct them and, and do that. And, you know, the skit revealed some fun in the sense that the mom, even as she spoke, she recognized that perhaps one idea wasn't was the a best. Good, good one <laughs> yeah. and she caught herself. So it just it brought it to bear that you as a parent don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have, to have it all together when you mm -hmm. have these conversations in the end. Have the conversation and it's okay. Your kids will listen to you ultimately. Love it. And she also kept it very real, mm -hmm. which I think yeah. was a good thing dealing with a teenager, not father, sonny. There are many parents that may have a close relationship with their teenage kids, like we heard Mora, but then there are parents that yeah. may not. How do we build on that relationship so that we're able to have open conversations about any topic, but especially about forgiveness? I have found that the children are actually looking for leadership from their parents. Another time, parents don't seem to pay attention to this when the children are in need of something or children are expecting the parents to take the lead to be able to have really open and serious communication with them. I think the parents need to really take on a certain level of intentionality in leading the relationship that they have with their children. This, of course, varies from one age group to another, <laughs> and the strategies of doing might vary from one to another. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think that when the children see that their parents are invested in them, they are going to be more confident to open up and to tell them what's going on, you know, who hurt you, who's, 
why are you making this revenge list? I mean, I, I love this skit because it is so inspiring. It, it, it inspires a parent to be able to, you know, go to the room of a child or a teenage daughter and say, hey, what's up? It is a very thin line, I think, for parents to sometimes get to a point where they become like a peer. But that's not what the kids are looking for. They're not looking for a peer. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for another best friend. They're looking for a parent who can give them this perspective. I think she was right on in telling her, is that really important? Is that you got to be the, the first one to just take on the higher road. I mean, this is, this is a mother telling her daughter this. I think it's, a, it's a familiar and also at the same time, it has the gravitas of the authority of a parent. Both of those are good. The children need to know that their parents are willing to listen to them and that they're not going to judge them or punish them for, for all these issues that they deal with. Sometimes the parental authority can be so overly emphasized that the children no longer have the ability to open up with confidence. So I, I think that's very important, a real intentionality to balance the parental authority and the level of openness and kindness and compassion and care for the child. I see this happen in my own community. There's one family where the child did something in high school and he was being grounded for doing something racist at school, for example. And then all of a sudden the parents are coming in. They're not going to, of course, agree with the child for having done this. But at the same time, there's this very thin balance between compassion that you're giving to your child and also the discipline that needs to be imposed in order for the child to learn from the situation. So um, something like that. I think there's a lot of that that needs to happen in our community. One last item I'd like to make sure I made a point about this is that in forgiveness, vengeance is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Vengeance is a waste of time because it perpetuates the, the negativity that you have. Are you familiar with Marimar, the classic Spanish telenovela. Oh, yeah. Know, she was in the novela. <laughs> Talia, you know, Talia was hurt by by her by this man that she loved and the family of that man she loved, and all her life was about revenge. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the end of that telenovela, at the end of the revenge, there is a, a big emptiness that is felt, you know, because revenge does not solve, does not give you peace. Revenge gives you more guilt. And mm-hmm. guilt is never good. Mm-hmm. You're not really fully vindicated at the end when you do a revenge, you know. It doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't give you peace. The desire of the human heart to have a sense of love, to be accepted, revenge does not do it. And I think parents need to know that because sometimes parents do this. Oh, they did this to you? Okay, let's go and fight them, you know. <laughs> and it, it, does, it doesn't help, you know, when, when you go, go to the battlefield with, your, with the children. Great stuff. Great analogy, by the way. And we'd like to uh, take this moment to thank you so much for your time. Father Sonny, I know that you must be super busy with the holiday season around the corner and all that good stuff. So on behalf of the uh, the Struggle is Real team, thank you so much. Now, if we wanted to connect with you or some of our podcast followers, where could we connect with your services and all that good stuff? Well, my parish now here in Kingikee is not St. Teresa, St. Louis, and St. Martin. We've combined the three parishes into one now. Mm. We are St. John Paul II Parish here in Kankakee. You can also go to my website, www.castleofsaints.com, and they can communicate to me through those. Uh, it's a pleasure, an opportunity to have conversations with you about forgiveness. It's something very special for the season of Christmas that's to come yes. and uh, the holidays that's ahead of us. So, prophet, time to talk about forgiveness. Thank you, Father. And thank you, Dr. Alicia, as well. Any closing remarks? Just forgive. I think um, when we do forgive, it's not forgetting, it's not excusing, mm-hmm. it's not tolerating. It's being able to release the revenge yeah. and instead of get the gift of joy, calm, and peace about the circumstance. So it's a gift that you give to yourself. There you go. Give yourself the best gift. 
forgive. This was The Struggle is Real. Enjoy more relevant episodes by downloading the podcast and share it with friends and parents. Supporting resources and more information on The Struggle is Real can be found at FamilyBridgesUSA.org. Follow us on social media for tips, blogs, and more using the hashtag TheStruggleIsReal or hashtag TSIR. Like always, thanks for tuning in. My name is Omar Ramos. And I'm Veronica Avila. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.